Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column where every week your hosts will answer a letter from listeners just like you, answering the big life questions facing today's women. Make sure to stick around for our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower. I am your host, Kelia Clarkson. I am an actress, writer, filmmaker, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I'm a writer and PhD candidate, a food blogger, tea drinker, and adjunct theology professor. And today we are very excited to welcome a special guest to the podcast, Caroline Cobb. Caroline is a singer-songwriter who's been featured by Christianity Today, Risen Motherhood, and more for her original songs that tell the story of scripture through melody and lyrics. Her latest album, Psalms, The Poetry of Prayer, will be coming out in May 2023. She lives in Dallas, Texas with her husband and their three children. She is a queso connoisseur, which is her favorite food group, and can often be found with a book in her hands. Caroline, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. I want to thank each and every listener who's tuning in today, wherever you might find yourself. We are really glad that you decided to join us today. We will be getting into this week's letter in just a few moments, but first, let's get into our pre-letter segment of the show called Roses and Thorns, where we recount our highs and lows of the week, starting with our biggest challenges or frustrations, and finishing off with a blessing or positive, hopeful experience that we had. So Jessica, what was this week's thorn and this week's rose? Well, we were just chatting before um, starting to record, but I got the COVID <laughs> this last <laughs> couple days ago. So um, thankfully it was not as bad as the first time that I got it, which was back in September. And even then I had dodged it for a full two and a half years. So that was something to be proud of. Um, <laughs> but one thing that caused me to wonder this week and take a, to- a home test was the brain fog. So that was definitely a thorn for me. Um, it's a very distinctive thing that I could recall from the first time that I had COVID and it was just kicking my butt while I was trying to get work done. I'm like, I wonder if I should take a test, mm. you know, it just mm. was high, hijacking my brain. Um, but my rose, as I kind of come out and recover from this is my, uh, last night, um, my husband and I played the Lord of the Rings trivial pursuit mm. game, which we, um, again, speaking of COVID, it's funny. It almost feels like this whole I don't know, looking back over the years as it were, but we would like take the cards out of this game and just like ask each other questions around the fire when we'd have people over, like when we just could have people over again. So we actually played the legit full version of the game, um, (laughs) which is a lot of fun. So we gave up movies for Lent and it's been fun to like get creative about, oh, how how do we like to spend time together in in the evening? So it brings laughs and connection and lots of joy and of course, nerding out on testing our knowledge of the films. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like the most fun. Caroline, what about your thorn this week and your rose? Yeah, I was thinking about that. Um, I think thorn wise, I feel like I'm in a season of wearing, there's kind of two hats that I wear and one's like a manager hat. So I'm just managing all the aspects of the music thing and promoting and doing a bunch of admin, but then there's the artist hat and there are seasons where I end up having to wear the manager hat a lot more than I would like to. And I mm-hmm. miss the artist hat. Um, <laughs> so that's been, I think it's catching up to me right now, but um, 
so that's a thorn, I suppose. So I'm just praying through that and asking God to sustain me. But I, uh, in terms of a rose, I think maybe, maybe two. One is I feel like God has really provided for me in this season uh, through uh, Patreon and through mm. our church and some other things like a friend that was between jobs, really overqualified to do some of this admin work for me gave me like two weeks to like get this big project done for me that I would have had to do on my own. So just thankful um, for little things like that. And I didn't, she didn't let me pay her or anything. So provision and also my oldest just turned 13. So I have a teenager Uh, and we threw her a party (laughs) and uh, it was a success. And I'm like really proud of that. It was a mall scavenger hunt where they had to film themselves doing like embarrassing things like talking to a mannequin (laughs) and like you know finding a child under six and singing Mary had a little lamb to them and it was a success and it reminded me of when I was a kid I used to do stuff like that so it was awesome that sounds like the most fun party (laughs) it was great and then we tp'd two houses wow (laughs) I love to go rapping I yeah you so, can have a word for it, wrapping. I, yeah. I, I don't know if you guys call it toilet paper or wrap, but... TPing. Okay. TPing. It, yeah, in so, the Midwest. I'm from the okay. Midwest, but... Yeah. So I grew up calling it wrapping, but I think a lot of people call it TP, but... Yes. That was good. That was That's a great, great weekend. That's really fun. Um, my thorn this week has been a recent bout of just terrible Wi-Fi. So my husband and I both work from home and often have a lot of Zoom calls and podcasts like this one over Zoom and just a lot of work online. So it's really important for us to both have a strong internet connection. And normally we do, but for some reason this week or just over the past week, it's just decided to quit entirely on us multiple times. So um, in the years that we've been living here, it's just never been this much of an issue. So that was definitely pretty thorny for us this week. Mm. But as for my rose... My husband, Nathan, released a book this week called Finding God in Hollywood, which is all about his experience living in La La Land and working as an actor and being a Christian kid. And it was just really amazing to see all of the work that he had put in over years and months into the months into this book and to finally just watch him release it out into the world. I was really just so proud of him. And it's such a beautiful book, especially for those interested in how faith and art intersect. So for anyone whose interest was piqued just now, go ahead and get a copy wherever books are sold. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So just a couple of things before we move on to our letter for this week. If you have been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. It really helps boost the podcast and get it in front of other people who might enjoy it and get something from it. And we would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. We would love the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today. Okay, so let's move on to our letter for today, which covers the subject of balancing our dreams with the day-to-day realities of motherhood, which is why I am especially excited to have Caroline on here to speak into this as an artist and mother herself. All right, here we go. Dear Wallflower, this has been a dilemma of mine for many years. I want to be a good wife and mother, but I often feel trapped by all of the work it takes to do housework and raise two children. Before I got married, I had big dreams of writing novels and having a career as a singer-songwriter. 
I felt kind of disillusioned after I realized how much work the religious community thought I should be doing as a young wife and then as a new mom. I felt like people thought it was sinful for me to follow my dreams. I kind of gave up on my dreams and tried hard to keep up with all the expectations I thought were being put on me as a dutiful housewife. The problem was I never seemed to do enough and I was almost constantly miserable because I felt like God didn't want me to have any fun. At times, I've wondered if God really has wanted me to give up on my dreams for a season in order to get back to the heart of worship as the Matt Redmond song suggests. Perhaps he wanted me to take time to truly bond with my babies more and worship him through housework. Sometimes I have this mindset of work before play and think I have to get so much cleaning done before I can do my hobbies or pay attention to my dreams. The problem is the work is never ending. I have tried to embrace homemaking as a beautiful creative hobby, but truthfully, I'm very frustrated that I rarely find time to do things I really enjoy, things I feel I was made to do. I know it takes years of hard work to move forward into a career of writing and music. The question is, how and when can I start? Signed, Frustrated Housewife. All right, Caroline, what are your thoughts for our writer today? Yeah, um, reading her letter, I feel like, first of all, that I resonated with a lot of what she said. And some of that has been my story, or at least uh, akin to my story. Um, Like you said, I have three kids. They're now in a different stage of life, but I especially remember when they were young, um, that tension. And I still feel it now, honestly, um, often. So the other thing I just want to say as I read this letter is I feel like there are a lot of layers to her questions. Um, and I wish that we or I could sit down with her and ask more questions before I start to answer <laughs> and kind of untangle all of the layers. Um, like, for example, you know, what is her husband like? What does he think about all this? What is her faith community like? Um, just I would love to ask more questions. But I also am excited to answer because I feel like God's taught me a lot about this tension and living faithfully in this tension. And so I'm going to do my best and pray that maybe this is a starting point for her. And then as she sits down and has conversations with a mentor or friend that she can untangle the layers a little bit more. But I think my first question for her would be, um, can you differentiate between what faithfulness to God looks like versus like a cultural expectation or maybe an expectation that you have put on yourself that are maybe not from God. So there's faithfulness to God as a mom or someone that has a home and wants to steward it well, or a songwriter or a writer, there's uh, being faithful. And then there's sort of this idea that we have in our head of what it looks like to be a good mom or a good wife or a good, uh, you know, homemaker or whatever it is, we have these ideas in our head. And sometimes they're from the Lord and they're a conviction that we feel because of the way he's shaped us. But a lot of times they're conflated with a cultural expectation that's really not from God or mm-hmm. uh, maybe a standard that we have in our head because we're comparing ourselves to else or we is the way you have to do it but it's really not of God. And so I think that my first question for her would be, can you differentiate between the two and maybe to prayerfully try to untangle that? And I mean, I think a good example of that is um, 
for example, like with hospitality, which is one sort of aspect of homemaking. Uh, I think hospitality in our culture is seen as like you're having people over for dinner and you have the perfect place setting and it's all perfectly decorated and you've got fresh cut flowers and Martha Stewart dinner, you know, all of these things. And we laugh because we know that's like impossible for most of us to do. And some of us are gifted in that way and that's awesome. And they bring out their creativity in that way. But like, that's not really the heart of what God is actually calling us to do when he says show hospitality, right? Mm -hmm. Hospitality can look like ordering dominoes and saying, y'all want to come over and making people feel loved and safe and welcome and gathering Mm -hmm. people in being generous with your home and all of those things. Um, So I think we have to be careful not to conflate kind of what we see on Instagram or what we see in our culture around us, or even in our Christian culture with Mm -hmm. what God is actually asking us to do and how that might play out for us. Again, it might play out like if we're really creative with our cooking, it might be a fancy dinner, but that's not going to be most of us. It's definitely not me. I'm more of the dominoes. Like, <laughs> y'all want to come over? Oh, shoot. Do you guys want to eat? I don't know what to like, That's more of my hospitality. And so I think with motherhood, um, and this is something that I have to kind of untangle in my heart a lot is like, I know that I'm called to be a mom and to guide and love my kids. I can see in scripture what that means kind of in general to teach them God's story, to, uh, to show them what God's fatherly love might look like. Uh, you know, we can go on and on to nourish them, to feed them food. Like I know all of these things, but sometimes we start to conflate like what we see out in the culture of like, Hey, if you're really a good mom, you're going to make your own baby food. Or, Mm. uh, if you're really a good mom, you would be on the PTA or you would be the class mom, or you would go on all the field trips or you wouldn't work full time, or you're going to homeschool, or you're going to send to this Christian school or, you know, public school. Like there are so many ways that faithfulness can look. Mm -hmm. And I think when we look for a formula and try to say, oh, it's going to look like this. We get into a lot of trouble and don't listen to the Lord and walk in the spirit and pray about all of these decisions. So all that to say, I would just ask her to prayerfully untangle that, um, to read the Bible, to seek out some wise counsel, talk to her husband, because maybe she's putting expectations on herself that he like really doesn't want her to have, you know, (laughs) he doesn't, nobody cares about that um, baseboard being clean. I mean, I sure hope not because mine aren't, you know, so (laughs) I think, uh, that's a good question to ask and, um, to ask the Lord too. So, and I think the other thing that I, um, was thinking about is, and this, I think gets a lot of songwriters or creatives in trouble, especially as we start to have other things that pull us, uh, in other directions is where might we have a wrong definition of what success really looks like. Mm. And then kind of related to that is where might our limits like that God has put in our lives, whether that's an aging parent or a health problem or the need to work extra shifts at your job or young kids, sounds like in her case, where might those limits be leading to sort of an all or nothing thinking? Like I can't do music because I have young kids. Um, so to go back, I mean, I think the the way the world often thinks about success is immeasurable in measurable quantities. So I always say there's like three P's. They talk about profit, 
it's a lot of times we look at platform uh, and then we look at, oh, what's the other one? I don't know. There's another one. Oh, popularity. No, that's platform. But profit and platform and like how you're comparing to what other people are doing. There's a lot of um, ways that we can define success by what the world says. But what God says in his kingdom economy, it's really different. It's more about faithfulness to do what's right in front of you to do. And for a songwriter in particular, we might, you know, a lot of young songwriters that I talk to are like, man, if only I was doing this, like this girl, then I would be doing it, you know, quote unquote it. Yeah. Or if only I had more time, if my kids were all in school and I wasn't homeschooling them, then I could do it. Um, or, you know, once my career does this, then I'm really doing it. And it's almost like they have this all or nothing thinking because their definition of success is wrong. And I think, uh, to go back to God definition of success, faithfully doing what God has put right in front of you to do and mm. to not measure it by numbers or how many people are listening or how many people might come to your show or how many people are going to hear that song. So it's, it's kind of this idea of if I faithfully write songs, but I'm the only one that hears them, that is hard, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be doing it. Uh, yeah. if, I write songs only for my church or only for that one friend who's really struggling. The beauty of God's kingdom is that somehow that matters just as much as that other song that thousands of people heard, you know? Absolutely. And I think if we have the wrong definition of success or if we feel like it's kind of this all or nothing thinking, then we'll be really unsatisfied and we'll already always be grasping for more. Right. And I think mm -hmm. God has called us to contentment. And so there's always like, even now there's more I could say, if my career looked like this, then, then I'd really be doing it. Or if only I had more time because my day ends at three o'clock and I have to take the summer off because my kids are home, you know, and I, I don't want to, mm -hmm. anyway, like we could all do that. And it's just going to be really exhausting if we're kind of always grasping for the next level that's um, so true. Rather than faithfully sowing the plot of land that's right in front of us to sow. That's so true. You know, to put this, I, I often like to put things into an acting perspective because that's, mm -hmm. you know, my kind of grid of understanding. And, you know, I, I used to think like, I think the only way I can be happy with my acting career is if I win an Oscar one day, you know, <laughs> and because that's, that is kind of the ultimate show, right? Of, of, I did it. I, I achieved something. And then I started thinking, okay, but I think the day after I won my Oscar, if that happened, I would go, all right, check. What's next? Another <laughs> you know? Oscar, another yeah, one. Exactly. It's uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I want another one, I guess. Okay. Well, I want another one, I guess. And it, it just kind of never ends. Like you said, you just keep on reaching and reaching. And so it is this kind of like, how do I find contentment if this is all I ever did, if, if only this many people ever saw me act, or if only this many people ever heard my music, how do I find happiness and, and meaning in that? And I think you're right. I think it's, this is what God created me to do. And so it's meaningful and it's good and it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was trying to think of like practical ideas of how that can play out because when my kids were little, um, like if I had had an all or I really began writing songs uh, or really started doing it the way I do it now um, when my kids when I was in the thick of like little kids. And so I didn't have the luxury of like having already built a career and then kind of uh, 
like surviving the little kid years. Really, I don't know why God did it that way, but I feel like it was really grounding. Hmm. Um, but honestly, I wasn't trying to make a career. I was just captured by writing songs and I loved God's word also. And so I gave myself this goal of writing a song for every book of the Bible in a year hmm. when I was had one little kid at home, one little my daughter who's now 13, which is crazy. And so... <laughs> Um, I started writing these songs and I would do it on the days that she was in Mother's Day out, which is like preschool, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there were other seasons of life where um, I would trade with a friend. Like, so she would take my kids for two hours on Thursday and I would take her kids and, you know, and mine for two hours on Tuesday so she could work on her photography business or whatever mm. it was. Um, when we were in California, preschool was way too expensive. And so I paid a friend who like gave me a cheap rate to <laughs> keep my kids for two hours a week. That's it. That's all I had to do the deep work of songwriting. Mm. But there's something about you have to say, um, you have to know that a God does value artistic work. It might not feel efficient. It might not feel as like check, check. I'm getting things done as like Mm. housework, housework might. Um, because sometimes it's a lot more, um, it's a, it's a lot different of a process, you know, and, but God does value that, that, uh, making of beauty because it points Mm. us onto him and not even just for the usefulness of it, the utility of it, but there's something beautiful about it because that's how he designed us. He, you know, he's a creator and we get to bear his image in doing that. So I think for her, I would just encourage her to say like, it does matter. Um, don't grasp, don't try to do more than say, I can't till I'm doing it this way, but just go ahead and take an hour trade, take, keep your friend's kids for an hour and let her keep yours and go somewhere else. Don't be in your house where you feel like you have to do the laundry or clean the baseboards or whatever you're going to do. Like go to a park or ask your church if you can hang out in an office, get away from that task and just say, it's okay that I'm doing that, this, that it does matter. And I think that um, I just want to free her up to feel like she can do that. And she doesn't have to be, have an all or nothing kind of way of thinking about doing doing this. Um, Hmm. I have one more thought, but that the last thought I'll try to be short and sweet is just trust in the gospel. Don't Mm -hmm. just say you believe the good news about Jesus and what he's done on our behalf, but actually let yourself function as if it's really true. Um, I think that she says in her letter several times, like I can never do enough. You know, you get that vibe Mm -hmm. with housework or with being a mom, um, Mm -hmm. with songwriting too, with music, like there's always more that we could do. There's always more. And I think that's a big thing that I've struggled with is to try to be enough for all my roles and all my relationships, like juggling, am I being a good songwriter, a good wife, a good, you know, friend? Oh no, I didn't call her. And she's, you know, just all those things. And I feel like that is saying that I believe the good news of Christ, but not really functioning like it. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I mean by that is to know that Jesus has been enough on our behalf He's already met every standard. And it says that the ultimate work of our salvation is finished. There's nothing that we can do to perform or, you know, earn our keep or try to be enough for everybody that, you know, we'll always want to be, there's, we're always going to be left wanting. And that's why the gospel really sets us free in our motherhood and 
keeping house and doing music or any artistic work is that he's already done it all. And we get to do these things, not to perform, but to uh, respond in lives of worship and just out of a response of what he's done on our behalf, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I do just want to challenge her too, to be like, Hey, we have really good news and you don't have to be a perfect keeper of your home or a perfect mom. You, and I, I hate to break it to her, but like, we won't like, there's always, <laughs> I am not enough as a mom. And I, I think that like, if I try to be enough as a mom, especially now that I'm getting into the teenage years, it's just going to be really, really exhausting. Um, but I know that God is enough and that God loves my kids more than I ever could. And so there's so much freedom that we can have when we really let ourselves function as if the gospel is really true. And it is. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would want to tell her that, too. That's Amazing. a great foundation to build from, you know, that yeah. free, you're, you're free in Christ. Yes. Absolutely. Jessica, what are your thoughts for our writer today? To our frustrated housewife, I want to give a couple of theological clarifications here up front. First, God is not a wet blanket or a tyrant. (laughs) He wants us to have fun and do things that bring us delight and life and joy. And then second, I would say God may ask us to lay aside dreams Um, whether for a season or sometimes for life. But this does not mean that he has us lay aside all dreams just because they're Mm. dreams. Rather, when something is to be set aside, he will have a very good reason for it, usually for our own development and character, um, in reliance upon him, not to make that thing into an idol, or even just for practical reasons, like the time to take that it takes to raise a family. And that being said, however... I have found, at least in my own life, that those desires often find their way back around in time. We serve a good father who desires good things for us. While we may not end up pursuing the initial dream in the way that we had imagined, we may get to have that love handed back to us in fresh new ways. Again, he created us uniquely and he desires that we serve him and others in the ways that we have been uniquely gifted to do so. Now, I don't have children and thus cannot speak from experience as to the demands on one's time and energy that this takes, but I do think that I can offer some insight regarding our writer's question. How and when can she start moving forward into a career in writing or in music? First, I'd say consider what may be possible or realistic. As a self-styled idealistic realist, I like to to hold intention, the passionate drive to chase one's dreams while being utterly realistic about what's actually possible. So from what little I know about having a career in music, it's probably more demanding and less flexible than writing. It sounded like she's maybe in between writing or or music. Mm -hmm. Um, And to some extent, however, this depends on what sort of career you could see yourself having. So for example, writing music, recording, touring, that kind of cycle is very likely a difficult thing to crack into as a moneymaker and to sustain as a a life rhythm. That being said, however, there are other ways to make money as a musician, or as Caroline was saying, you don't necessarily even have to start with the idea of money-making in mind. Just start with engaging your your love for music and see Mm -hmm. where, where it might lead. And then as far as a career in writing, if that's something that you want to consider, 
Um, this avenue also has a variety of possible niches and paths. My sense is that careers in writing are likely a lot more flexible than those in music, but again, it really depends on what you're aiming for if you really do want to pursue a career. So I recommend spending some time discerning what you want to pursue as well as what is practicable. And then once you decide what you'd like to pursue, how do you get started? I have just three quick tips here. So first, begin by setting some goals. Your goals can be a bit of a stretch or a challenge if you'd like, but make sure that they are still achievable. And at least that the beginning and intermediate ones are particularly achievable if you're shooting for something more far-reaching. Mm. Next, plan out pockets of time where you can spend some time on the things that will help you to accomplish those goals. This gets back to some of Caroline's tips in terms of what it might look like to have some free space where I don't know if your kids are at napping age or if they're at school at any point in time, or if you have someone else watch them for a chunk of time, but it's not wrong to prioritize giving yourself some space for creative expression and ideation. Um, You might feel like, well, but they're gone. I have to do all the, you know, the cleaning or whatever. My hands are free. I've got to use my hands (laughs) and in a productive way around the house, maybe so for a time, but how can you also carve out time for that music Mm -hmm. or that writing? Finally, then find support in another friend or in a community. I think it's so easy to feel lonely as someone pursuing a dream. And there is a lot of time and energy spent on creative ideation and the numerous iterations of our craft that come before anyone else in the general public receives them. And that could be very lonely. At times, it's also very discouraging. So be sure that you have at least one person or maybe some several others that you can connect with who understand that journey and can support you along the way. Now, I'm not sure if I can answer the question of when you can start in a way that you might have in mind, depending on what that means to you, but I do imagine that you can start something right now. Mm. So what kind of time are you able to give? What could you dedicate that time to that would help you move towards such goals? And it may not feel like massive progress at first, but doing something is doing more than nothing. And that can help you along in the discernment process in terms of where this might go. So be that moving car, so to speak, and see how God might direct you. Mm. That's absolutely true. And I, I loved your point about um, we need community as artists. I think it can get really lonely when you create all alone and mm-hmm. um, and you need those people that you can bounce your ideas off of and who will kind of um, keep you tethered as well. And can validate the time that you're putting toward those things. Like when she's expressing that people in her faith community are making her feel like she had to do more and do more and just keep working for Mm -hmm. this kind of, I don't know, stamp of approval or something. Like Caroline was saying, what does it look like to be faithful, you know, in those spaces while also recognizing that you were made for more than quote, just being a mother and a housewife, that we are dynamic, complex individuals with with um gifts and skills and and desires and that god wants us to be whole right Mm -hmm. absolutely and as i get into my little section first i just want to express sympathy for our writer i'm not a mother yet but i can feel through her writing that she has this deep struggle and a deep desire to love god and her family well and from the little bits of motherhood that i have witnessed through kids friends and the like 
I can only imagine how draining it must be day in and day out to pour into your children to keep up with the never ending housework and then to turn around and do it all over again tomorrow. Um, it made me really sad to hear that our writer had been made to feel by her community as though she didn't have, or she shouldn't have dreams or desires outside of motherhood that in order to serve God and be a good wife and mother, she couldn't have any other purpose along with motherhood. Personally, I don't think this is true. I think motherhood is absolutely beautiful. I think it's a gift and I'm excited to experience it myself one day, but I don't think that's supposed to be our sole purpose here on earth as women. I don't think God wants us to only ever aspire to one thing. And I think treating motherhood as our only purpose easily ends up turning it into an idol. When we place that much of our identity in one thing, we end up expecting it to fulfill us in ways that I just don't think it was ever meant to. And this is something that my own mother-in-law has spoken a lot about, and she's written countless best-selling books on motherhood and faith. And while her four children mean the absolute world to her and they're her best friends, she's often talked about how it was necessary for her to explore even more of her purpose, which of course led to writing books and podcasting and discipling women all around the world for decades. I think God does want us to dream and he does want us to lead fulfilling lives. As Jessica said, he's not a wet blanket. (laughs) I think he placed these desires on our writer's heart for a reason, but the trick is helping a writer actually take steps towards finding fulfillment in these areas, towards finding creative rhythms or, you know, exploring more of her purpose. So uh, like, while I don't have actual experience in this, I, I do have some practical thoughts that I, I want to offer our writer. Um, first, I will acknowledge her saying that the work around the house is never done with the kids and just messes and everything. That's true. But if I'm honest, I don't think it's necessary that she has every little thing done before she takes the time to sit down and be creative, as Caroline already said. Because if she waits for that, if she waits to feel like everything is just in perfect order, she's going to be waiting forever. Mm. So I think whether our writer is a morning person or a night owl, it could be a really good practice for her to set aside a specific amount of time each day um, at a specific time of day, no matter if there are a couple of dishes in the sink or laundry to be folded, to do something that she just truly enjoys and to explore and work out that creative muscle of hers. And this could look like figuring out a new melody that she's been thinking of or jotting down a novel idea. And she can allow herself to take this time and really set the mood in a way that's helpful to her. And for me, this looks like lighting a candle and putting on a playlist that matches whatever I'm working on and setting a timer that will tell me exactly when it's time to move on to the next project. So I just want to encourage her here to focus on the time that she, um, or instead of focusing on the time that she feels she doesn't have, recognize the time that she does have. Mm. And along with this, I know that housework is no fun. No one wants to do the dishes or vacuum or clean the baseboards. That's probably my (laughs) least favorite. (laughs) Last on the list. (laughs) Yes, it truly is. But 
I've also found that while I'm doing this kind of mindless work, sometimes I can be thinking of whatever project I'm currently working mm-hmm. on and mm-hmm. working it out in my mind. Um, so our writer can use this time that it takes to clean up the kitchen, the kitchen to also flesh out a novel idea in her mind. And she doesn't have to keep her creative pursuits limited to one single hour of her day. Instead, she can bring more creativity into her day by allowing herself to think and reflect on her ideas as the day goes by. And I think this would make the time that she does reserve for actually sitting down and doing the creative work so much more meaningful and fruitful. Mm-hmm. That's such a great point. Can I just add something real quick? I think yeah. we often, those of us who are creative, we can sometimes long for and like wait for like the muse to come, like have that mm-hmm. inspiration to strike. And we think that we need that. And honestly, like obviously like, like things come and go and, and whatnot. But I feel like Kelia, your, your suggestion to, allow the time of doing housework to be that kind of diffuse mode when our brain is just kind of doing its own background work. I feel like if she allows herself to pursue what she's hoping to pursue, that opens up a category for exploration that maybe her brain is keeping Mm -hmm. barriers up to. It just makes me wonder how, how much, you know, pairing maybe a couple hours a week of intentional practice Mm -hmm. of writing or song writing or or exploring music, whatever that is, Mm -hmm. pairing that with then opening her mind to those ideas and how that can come. I feel like she might even feel like she's getting more than those two hours because it's going to be more fruitful. Yeah. I I would just say like on a real practical level, I think if I don't set aside some time to do the deep work of actually sitting down and in a disciplined way writing Mm -hmm. that those little uh, drives in the car or taking a shower don't uh, end up um, being as helpful. But like Kelia was saying, um, if you take some of that time to say like, what, what am I to start a song, if you will, or to start Mm -hmm. an article, a lot of times then that time where you're taking a shower, really, I've written so many songs in the shower (laughs) or on a drive or on a walk, um, where I've already kind of worked hard to wrestle into being like a structure and I have a melody and I have an idea for a lyric, but me taking, pulling away, um, and that's where some of the best songwriting happens is along the way as you have your antenna up. I'd yes. also just kind of add to like, there's some things that uh, we do in a positive way that we add to our day in order to be creative. There's also some things that she might consider like taking away. Um, like if she's scrolling social media a lot and she's following a lot of songwriters and that's just feeding discontentment, perhaps, mm she might need to pull back. Um, I know that that happens a lot. Um, if she's, you know, looking on Facebook or Instagram at other people's beautifully clean houses, like she might need to pull back from that. That's just one example, but there might be some things that she should add, but there also might be some things that she should take away that would allow her to have more freedom to have deep thought and creative work that it's like deeper work in the long run. The harvest will be more, uh, nourishing and beautiful for cultivating the soil of her heart and mm-hmm. not living in social media land or vegging out watching Netflix uh, because she's so <laughs> yeah. tired, which I understand. But so yeah. I think those are some things to think about, but that was a really good point, what you made. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I imagine that our our writer might feel like by the time she does get those few moments to focus on a project that she's just absolutely drained yeah. and she doesn't feel like she can be creative. Like, like Jessica said, you know, she's waiting for kind of the, the moment of, okay, now I'm, I'm inspired now, you know? Um, and she says that she often feels very frustrated by this, but I think honestly, this is where her greatest art can come from. Her frustrations, her questions, her unexplored desires and her mixed feelings. I think the most effective, beautiful art is truthful. And so I want to encourage her to embrace these feelings and even translate them into art that will resonate with others, whether that's through a song or an essay or a book. So just to answer our writer's final question, you know, how do I even get started or move forward? I first want to be really honest and Caroline already touched on this, but I'll say it again. These are pretty difficult careers to get into and they do require a lot of work and a lot of pushing. And this doesn't mean that I don't think our writer should pursue what she feels that she was created to do, just that I think it's wise to enter this with um, healthy and realistic expectations and a healthy understanding of what success might mean to you. Mm-hmm. I think it's wise to pursue our creative or our creativity with the hope of reaching others and finding greater fulfillment and over anything else, glorifying God. And what I can say for the world of writing as someone who has a little bit of experience in it, I think one of the best ways to do this is you can start a blog, you know, find your niche and write consistently and you can network with other small writers, possibly through social media, if you don't feel like it's, it's causing you too much discontentment. Um, you can submit articles to a lot of publications. You can claim your seat at the table. And I think this will help build up a network of contacts and an audience over time, which leads to my next suggestion. You can begin self-publishing. It could be a collection of poems that you wrote or a devotional or a short book, but I think just start putting your work out there. And I think that's where a lot of the satisfaction can come from is simply making a creative idea into a reality. But a lot of the business side of the writing world involves, you know, building a portfolio, consistent work, cultivating a good roster of contacts, which I know is not romantic or fun or creative, (laughs) but it's just part of the less whimsical business side of things. But to wrap all of this up, I hope our writer was encouraged by our words today. I hope she found some good ideas in all that we offered up. And I hope she will allow herself to explore even more of the purpose that she was created with as she continues her day-to-day journey of motherhood. Thank you for writing in your question. It was an honor to speak into it. All right, so it is time for the May We Suggest segment of the podcast, where we suggest to you the things that we have been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that just made us really happy to be alive. (laughs) Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So Caroline, what is your suggestion this week? Oh, um, you know, last night we watched, we have been watching this beautiful little show. It's like a PBS show all creatures great and small. Have you guys heard of that? Um, And it's just about the beautiful, ordinary life of this country vet. Um, And I think it's just a little bit reorienting, you know, because we hustle so hard and it's like, oh yeah, what's important is good work, good relationships, 
I don't know. So I recommend that. I also am reading uh, my book that I'm reading at night right now is another young adult fiction. It's the Green Ember series by oh, S.D. Yes. Smith. You guys know it. So mm-hmm. I read it a long time ago and I was like, I'm not into this. It's rabbits. I don't, I can't do it. <laughs> and then I try it again and I love it. I love it. So I, um, I recommend that too. I just am thankful for stories. I feel like they help us see, but they kind of yes. get at it in yes. a backdoor kind of way. And they really uh, shape us in our imaginations. So I love a good story. That's amazing. Also, just fun little, um, fun side fact, the Green Ember series, the narrator for the audiobooks is my brother-in-law. Oh, seriously? <laughs> yeah. I love it. Okay, that's amazing. I guess yeah, like- so, you know. <laughs> Okay. Awesome. I, I do like, I sound, I sounded like I didn't like it because of rabbits, but I think it just took me a minute, but now I'm like, Oh no, I'm all in. So I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone needs to go check it out. All right, Jessica, what is your suggestion this week? I'm going to suggest a membership site called hope writers. Hmm. It is a community for writers looking to share their hope-filled world, uh, words with the world. And it focuses on balancing the art of writing with the business of publishing. Now, I'm not an affiliate, so I won't get any money from recommending this. I am a member and I enjoy it. So I want to share it with anybody who's interested. It's great because it helps you to in, it helps you value investing in yourself as a writer even learning to call yourself a writer if you're just starting out Mm -hmm. and discovering where you are along that journey. They have um, tons of resources of all different sorts for writers, whether you're a fiction person, nonfiction, bloggers, those who hope to be published or not, so forth. So recommend that. It's a great resource. Amazing. Yes, I have definitely come across Hope Writers and it seems like the most encouraging place for beginning writers. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's a great suggestion. This week, I am suggesting a playlist on YouTube that always gets me into a very creative mood, and it's a dark academia playlist, so it's moody and beautiful, and it makes me, me and whoever is listening, feel like you're studying in an old library on a ringy night by candlelight, just just (laughs) very much my feeling. It's my vibe. (laughs) Um, So I enjoy setting a mood and just kind of stepping out of my day and into that mood. So different playlists are, are often playing in the background of my day. And I listen to a variety of these playlists, you know, different channels, different genres, depending on what I'm doing. But one such playlist that I always really enjoy is called Studying Alone at, Li- at a Library at Midnight, which <laughs> might be hard to find because I feel like they're all named that. So I'm going to link the specific one in the description for you guys. And you too can study in an old library at midnight. Awesome. (laughs) All right. So to wrap up this episode, before we go, Caroline, how can listeners get in contact with you and check out what you are up to? Yeah. um, I I didn't mean to like totally dog on social media because I'm on it and I connected (laughs) with some wonderful people through it. Um, I just think it has its place. So I am on social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook, and that's an easy way. Um, One thing that I mentioned earlier is that this year I kind of took a leap of faith and started a Patreon community. And it's, you know, a smaller group of people that I I don't uh, feel myself as much. Then like, I can't decide what (laughs) the album is going to be Help, You know, it's more of that. And so that has been so sweet. And so um, truly like a relief a weight off. Um, because like you said, music is not really something you get into to make a lot of money. And 
<laughs> but it also costs a lot of money to make music. And so that's been huge. Um, so people can find me there, the website, all the rest. Amazing. And Jessica, how can listeners find and connect with you? Listeners can find me on my food and lifestyle blog, thisrealjourney.com and on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal, where we have new articles coming out every week about relationships, beauty, recipes, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.